Hello everyone and welcome to this Cane and Rinse Sound of Play Extra. Normally you'd see a Sound of Play jukebox episode roll into your feed on a Wednesday featuring favourite tracks from the regular hosts, from forum contributors and guests. But every now and again we'll have uh, interviewees from the world of video game music and today we have a real treat. My name's Thomas Quilfelt and I interview Enon Zur, possibly best known for scoring Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas and Fallout 76. Maybe you know his work from Dragon Age Origins or Dragon Age 2. But he's worked on so many games across so many genres and platforms over his 21-year career in games music. He's scored Infinity Engine PC classics, MMOs, MOBAs, tactics RPGs, first-person shooters, RTSs, rhythm games, VR games, indie games, license games, sim games, you name it. And of course, beyond Fallout and Dragon Age, he's touched just a huge number of gaming series, including Baldur's Gate, Prince of Persia, Crisis, SOCOM, Ace Combat, Dragon's Dogma, and soon enough, Elder Scrolls, as well as licensed stuff, including Naruto, Star Trek, Avatar, Pirates of the Caribbean, and a few Lord of the Rings games. He's done it all. So rather than dig into individual cues or the specifics of classic scores, I was interested to ask him about game music from a slightly wider perspective. We chat about how games composition might have moved even further away from composition for other media like film and TV during the course of his time in the industry. We talk about which people he tends to work with most closely at development studios and what he wants compared to what he actually receives from them during development. We talk about how his Fallout scores interact with the old jazz and pop licensed tracks and also how his ambient work for The Wasteland changed over time. And near the end, we touch on the future of game music in a world where Google Stadia proposes the thousand-player battle royales. First off, though, we chatted a bit about his upcoming solo album and how that came about. It's great. It's uh, really um, exciting. Um, I was working on this album for the last, I'd say, four years, and uh, there's a lot of work and um, efforts that were put in this album and I am very proud of the outcome. Excellent. Is it liberating to kind of be signed as a as an artist in your own right and and any time I presume like, you know, you're working in your composer cave on whatever game it is and then you have an idea and you're like that idea is not going to work for this game. Ah, but I can stick it in the album ideas folder no actually no that's not the case the whole idea from the album was born from actually the songs that i did for dragon age and when i worked on dragon age origins and then dragon age 2 i wrote songs and that was really not uh, not typical for for games to you know especially rpg games to mm. have songs integrated in them but it seems like um, fans really, really liked it. And then I got a lot of requests. Hey, why don't you do something like that? We really like to hear more songs. And I said, okay, so let's start. So that was the real starting point. 
let's write some basically and we I called it in the beginning songs from the tavern <laughs> <laughs> you know because it was basically really you know you're going to the tavern um, on these uh, fantasy worlds and mm. you're listening to lute and to guitar and to these almost um, Celtic sounding songs but then you It started to broaden a little bit. You mentioned Celtic. I noticed uh, in, in some of the scores of yours that I've been listening to lately, so Crisis, Eagle Flight, uh, Siberia 2 and 3, there are some very strong, I guess the, the best word is ethnic flavours, ethnic instrumentation in there. normally an interesting vocal in there or woodwind instrument and obviously you love your percussion and your melodies you know how deep do you go when you're considering putting in kind of ethnic influences into your music it was always important for me to create and specifically for a storytelling games that mm. are not happening in In our reality and in our time but it happens somewhere at sometimes in an imaginatory place it was really important for me to come up with or to establish a signature and one of the signatures um, I was always working on you could call it ethnic meaning like I wanted to try to tell the The gamers and the listeners, okay, so we are in this world, and this is what the music in this world sound like. So basically, this is where things started. And then I was starting to look at games um, artwork. And I'm starting to imagine, so maybe they could play these kind of flutes, and maybe they could play these kind of percussions or these kind of instruments. I always try when writing these cues not to be too much like oh this is a Chinese instrument or oh this is a Bulgarian instrument no I always try to create something that the listener will say this is world music but I'm not sure what is it and actually it could be even out of this world music but it's other world music music <laughs> you know it doesn't sound alien but it sounds a different country I'm using different modes I'm just using these existing instruments in a way that will create a very unique signature and this is how I'm going about what you called ethnic but I'm basically calling it a storytelling instruments yeah absolutely I think you've just invented a new 
musical subgenre there. So instead of world music, it's other world music. And so how did you approach for your own album, since you're not tethered to a particular game world, you know, a particular imagination space? Did you feel lost at sea there or was it okay? When when you really are being driven by a storytelling, when I'm writing a song, it's always telling a story. And, you know, especially when there are lyrics there, um, I want to tell a story and the music tells a story. And that's the beginning. So, no, I never really felt lost. And I mean, the most important thing is to create a melody that um, the, the audience and the listeners would be able to hone in and to find attractive and to find catchy in a way and more than anything else i wanted to share this story of each song with the players and if they identify and if they feel that they're being drawn to it then i made you know i was succeeding in my job now interesting that you're asking but some of the songs um that are in this album actually are made with my own language like I did uh, during uh, Dragon Age. Yeah, we call it Zurich. Um, <laughs> because, you know, we basically coming up with our own syllables, sounds, and putting together a language. But um, it's very important, even if we don't really know what it means per se, to have a story in the background. So when I'm writing these lyrics, I almost know what the singer is telling me. And I really want to tell the performer, the singer, you know, these are the lyrics, but this is the actual story you're singing about. And that's how, you know, it makes it easier for the singer to deliver it in the right way. I think fans of your fantasy work, your games work, will be pleased to hear that this new solo material falls within that realm and they'll recognise names like Tina Guo, who plays on the single. You know, they don't need to worry that this is something completely different from you. No, not at all. In fact, I think that this is basically really um, paying tribute to all these uh, gamers um, and players that all these years were um, very loyal fans. And now it's the time to basically dedicate uh, music only for them. And that has nothing to do with any game, but just the thing that they really like and I like to write as well. I was listening to the excellent BBC Six Music uh, video game music shows. You know, they're brilliantly done, but for me personally, the interviewees are all familiar names that have been championing games music over the last 10 years or so. You, yourself, The Flight, Jessica Curry. Uh, but I understand that every time a national media outlet like the BBC circles around to games music, they feel like they've got to explain it all over again from the beginning for their audience. Yeah, that's right. Usually the well-worn opening line is, you know, games music has come so far from the bleeps and bloops of the arcades. 
you must have been asked the question, how is games composition different from composing for film or TV a billion times in those kind of interviews? Has the answer to that question changed since you started in the industry? I think my understanding of this issue just deepened um, because at the bottom of everything and the core of everything, there is no difference whatsoever. And this was my answer every time. The core um, element of creating the fourth dimension, uh, the emotional dimension, um, either in movie, TV, game, anywhere else, any media, that's what the music creating bar none. It's, it, it is what it is, all right? Yeah. So what left is, okay, so how do we put it to work? And mm-hmm. here comes a big difference because, as we know... In film and TV, you have to be glued to picture. You have to be really locked in. Music is responding to everything. And in games, uh, basically, this is not the case unless we're talking about cinematic. And the challenge is how do we make the player really feel that the music is, you know, with him all the time or her, but, you know, without... Um, really locking to every any event and I think that the secret for it is really hone in the atmosphere and the emotions that the player has at this given moment if you were able to really nail this feel and create this drive to the player by playing this music then it doesn't really matter if the sword hit at this moment or the player fell here or the player won here. The most important thing is really be with the player if they're feeling victorious, if they feel frightened, where they are, how is the location and the time whereabout they are influence what they feel. And this is where the music come in in games. If you were able to do this, then again, you're successful. Thinking about Google Stadia's promise of a thousand player battle royale, in contrast to a single player game like Fallout 4 or even a relatively solitary multiplayer experience like Fallout 76, do you look forward to something like a thousand player battle royale as a, as a new kind of challenge? Multiplayer game always poses a lot of challenges and music... <clears throat> Really, when it, when it comes to so many players that are playing at the same time and conversing between each other and, you know, talking and, and everything has to be very sort of like a teamwork, music sometimes um, be sort of like be in the way. So in the Battle Royale type of games, um, music has to be very careful Music has to be administrated uh, in a very different way, just accentuate some 
emotions and then step back and let people do what they're doing. It's a huge difference between um, games style uh, Fortnite and, you know, an Apex and, uh, you know, a Battle Royale games than uh, open world solo games where music <clears throat> could really, really thrive more. It must be an especially exciting time to work with video games, given the variety of projects from, you know, different types of multiplayer games to indie to mobile to VR. Oh, yeah, no, this is a very exciting time because um, there are a lot of type of games and there are a lot of types of uh, challenges and set of challenges that I'm facing every day uh, because of that. Uh, the games world just vastened tremendously, um, mm. and we could see so many styles and so many ideas. Um, sometimes I'm meeting with indie games uh, companies, and they have their own ideas that you know you probably never heard about, and I want to adjust to that. Um, so it's really really exciting time for um, a game composer. Um, that is uh, really trying to take on an industry that is ever changing and mm. the pace that it's changing is so fast that you just need to be at the tip of your you know <laughs> chair all the time to basically follow just to see what what happening yeah and you've been a very kind of brave and pioneering composer the more i think about it i think suddenly elder scrolls blades is is mobile right eagle flight is vr um, Siberia's uh, indie um, Fallout's obviously big AAA open world, um, and 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 then thinking back to Fantasia, Music Evolved, and and I just assume that that was a much more kind of complicated process for that particular game potentially because of the the nature of it. Um, you've you've really been jumping around, haven't you, in terms of types of projects? All I could say that I was very, very fortunate to um, be approached by um, many game developers with different games. And that really helped me widen my style, um, establish maybe my signature, but also made me, you know, um, able to really adjust myself to different kind of games and also broaden my language, my, my, my vocabulary, my musical vocabulary um, was just, you know, after doing so many types of games, this is really, really gave me a very, very deep um, source um, to go and dig from um, ideas. Do you ever find yourself having to take, like, doing a kind of reference listening holidays or being like, I'm going to go and study Baroque music for a month or something. Between <laughs> projects. I, well, I don't, I really don't have time for that. <laughs> However, you know, I really like to choose either a game or a movie and, <clears throat> and watch it or play it or do whatever I need to do to listen to the music uh, whether I really like the composer that did it or I'm just curious to know um, how this is being done. I'm listening to music, but I'm not like listening really on purpose. I could just like, you know, jump on YouTube and oh, that sounds interesting. Let me listen to it. Um, like everybody else, I do need inspiration. And that basically, uh, you know, sometimes a challenge because when you're writing all the time, your bags start to empty up and then you have to somehow feel it. And, it, you know, it's the story of every composer's life. 
so two questions there one is um is there a film or game that, or tv show or whatever piece of media that you've seen and heard lately where the composer was doing something you know radically new for you that you thought oh man that's that's really fantastic and then second question in terms of your bag of inspiration is there a particular composer or music artist from the past who you always find you can draw upon for inspiration well I, it's really changing and it's also sometimes i need an inspiration for a certain style so I'll go and, and search. You know, when I wrote the music for Fantasia Music Evolve, um, obviously I've listened to a lot of classical music. Um, I really love Prokofiev, Debussy, um, Ravel, um, Stravinsky. And, you know, these uh, composers really helped me basically develop my sort of like classical um, musical language. When it comes to film and to other styles, I really, really like uh, the composer, the film composer Johan Jonsson, who we lost, unfortunately, last year, because I think he created something extremely unique, that score after score, I saw what he does, and it's like, wow, this is something really, like, uh, ear-opening for me. So, um, yeah, it really depends. Have you seen Mandy, his last film? Actually, no. I loved Sicario. I loved Arrival. Um, I, I, I basically, and, and the score for his um, first film also. Um, yeah, I'd love to see this, you know. Okay, well, viewer beware. It's a, it's a crazy film. It is very, very intense. It's absolutely nothing <laughs> nothing like any of those uh, those other films. His, his stuff is great for it. It's, uh, it's dark, though. It's, it's seriously dark. When you're hired to write a game score, especially for a new IP, how much information about the game are you generally given? If it's a totally new IP, I really need to get as much information that I can. The problem is that sometimes this information is not even available because the game is in the very early stages. So it poses a challenge. However, it also poses a huge opportunity because mm. I can become part of the people that is actually building the signature for this game. And I really love this process because if they say, well, this is the idea behind the game. This is the storyline behind the game. Uh, we don't have any details, but this is where you are. Um, then for me, it's an amazing opportunity to start really something afresh and not being like really influenced but some stuff that is already in the game and it sort of like uh, gravitates toward 
this film or this video game, but it's something totally new because you don't really have any details. And then we can <clears throat> really start something new. So I love it, yes. In those situations in the past, have you found yourself kind of latching onto a particular person at the developer? Like, for instance, I don't know, the artistic director or something. Is there a particular role at the developer where you you now know through your experiences you're like well that person will know what this game's going to feel like potentially better than the gameplay programmer for instance well you know i mean it's 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 a very good question and in every um game company usually i mean in developers there is this person who is the producer of the game or the developer of the game and he is sort of like the boss of the audio director and he is the person or she is the person um, that um, basically really dictates the style um, of the music um, and how the music is going to play inside the game. So in the beginning when creating the first music usually it's the main theme. This is where I will be working primarily with this person who is sort of like the father of this um, project and he or she will be really working very closely with me to develop the signature. Then later on, uh, when we have it, then I could just work with the audio director because we know that this is the direction, so everything from here is a little clearer. And do you ever get to play early builds yourself? Is that something that kind of excites you or helps trigger your imagination? It depends, but it's rarely that I actually get to play the early access. I could go to the, which I really like to do, to go to the um, studios and and uh, play the game there. Usually they're very, very careful, you know, to um, just send these kind of things out of their studios. Everything is mm. very kept secret. However, from time to time, they are able to send me some uh, captures of gameplay just to inspire me, artwork to inspire me, pictures that the crew is taking of places that later on will be artists to draw. So any information I could get to get me going is really helpful. Was there a game where uh, you felt particularly well inspired early on with concept art? And was there a particular game where you were just so fired up to get started? I really, really love the artistic directions of Siberia brand and uh, franchise. It's always very, very unique and it's very, very inspiring to me. I think that uh, Fallout always had a lot of inspiration for me to give just because of this situation that people are in and how they're basically coping with this. This is also presented a lot of 
great inspiration and, and challenge for me. Thinking of Fallout, Fallout has this dual musical identity. I'm thinking, of course, of the, the Bethesda Game Studios Fallouts rather than the earlier ones. So, you know, famously, Fallout 3 has this this huge theme on the menu before you've even entered the game. And it's got to be up there with the most famous video game themes now. then on the other hand you've got these 30s and 40s kind of vintage jazz and um, pop songs which give this kind of ironic counterpoint uh, this sort of jaunty happy thing in this horrible place that civilization is a thing for me to see so bongo 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 i don't want to leave the congo oh no 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 Bingo, bango, bungle, I'm so happy in the jungle, I refuse to go. Don't want no. How much of that licensed music did you know? Did you know it was going to be in the game? Did you hear much of it whilst you were composing? On purpose, I am have nothing to do with the licensed music, with the choosing the licensed music, or even listening to it. This is mm. totally kept away from me because um, Bethesda wants me to create a soundtrack that will be totally um, standalone and not influenced at all from, you know, the other, it should be totally different worlds. However, knowing sometimes what this will be, I will throw here and there some instruments um, that would be able to do some kind of oh, a reminiscence of that. So basically the crossover between these two soundtracks are not going to be that jarring. <laughs> well, I mean, surely by Fallout 4, but certainly potentially with New Vegas, having having seen how that juxtaposition worked in Fallout 3, it, it was more difficult for you to just be one half of that sp- split personality because and especially new vegas being set where it is and we all know about vegas jazz and frank sinatra and that kind of thing it must have been difficult to kind of not want to stray towards that just a teeny bit not really because i've looked at vegas for example from the point of view of uh, the desolate desert and not Mm. so much like the city um and i've looked at vegas you know more in terms of the actual story and not sort of like the settings. So, no, I, I felt actually really inspired by the whole story and not so much by what you would expect to hear if you're getting into a casino or this kind of thing. There's an absolute ton of uh, of ambient music in the Fallout games, which might surprise, you know, just a general gamer who's who associates Fallout with the license tracks and then the the big main themes or maybe the fight music that kind of builds up. But the soundtracks have just got giant, you know, hours of, of, of ambient music. Do you find that stuff fun or difficult or sort of relaxing or boring to, to compose? Everything but boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It's challenging. It's exciting. And it's difficult really, yeah. to every time come up with something 
that is a bit new, like a new little uh, signature, new mm. theme, new idea, because I don't like to repeat myself. And I always like to find something, just even if it's few percentage, something different. So challenging, definitely, but also fun and, you know, invigorating, I would say. course in video games ambient music it passes people by but there's so much skill involved in doing it well there's so many deserts in gaming there's so many abandoned buildings <laughs> this is a challenge in open world games but um fallout actually m went through a pretty big transition since fallout 1 until fallout 76 and the music um when we're moving from game to game to game is more gravitating because in the beginning it was totally like ambient sound design-ish stuff nothing really really memorable um just something that plays the atmosphere and that continued throughout fallout when i did fallout uh, tactics this is pretty much what i did but i've started to and you know uh, insert some of like more of uh ethnic weird elements and then came <laughs> yeah. fallout 3 which is the first time in the fallout franchise that a main theme was introduced um yeah the the main theme that everybody knows from fallout actually was introduced only during fallout 3 but this was the beginning of the transition um of the music from fallout and we started basically to veer away from only background um, ambient music to music that is a little bit more melodic more harmonic and more mm. memorable and more built like a song with structures and everything we kept on developing that throughout fallout uh, vegas and fallout 4 and it's sort of like matured uh, during fallout 76 that uh, the cues there are almost sort of like songs on their own with melodic content and harmonics um, structure and uh, rhythmic structure. So, you know, it definitely moved in this direction. Yeah, and I found Fallout 76 to be a very pleasant listen. Uh, certainly quite a lot of the tracks are very tuneful and relaxing, I guess, certainly compared to some of the darker ambient stuff I've listened to of yours from, from previous Fallout soundtracks. Fallout 76 is more about camaraderie, about hope, about mm -hmm. building and rebuilding, and that's why we created this kind of uh, musical identity.
What's the experience of being a composer in 2019 in terms of the loneliness of the process, in terms of the technology and working remotely or collaborating? Do projects in 2019 compared to, I don't know, 2010, 2000, do they feel more or less time pressured than they used to? Um, No, actually, it's pretty much the same. However, um, all these technological advancements uh, that were made in the last few years definitely posing a lot of opportunities for composers, but a lot of uh, challenges. We could Mm. basically do whatever we want. We could enhance music almost in any way that is possible because the space and the memory is just basically almost unlimited. So when you have so much room for music and for uh, ways of implementing the music, that is really exciting on one hand, but then it poses a lot of questions. What should we do? Should we do this? Should we do this? So I wouldn't say it's more lonely than what it used to be. Composers (laughs) always sitting in his own or her own you know, dungeon and writing music. Um, it, this is our world. I'm spending 10 hours every day basically on my own and myself and, and I'm used to it and actually feeling very comfortable this way. But since there are so many new style of games, you need to develop a whole new set of skills to deal with all of that. As far as pressure, I don't feel that I'm being pressured more in terms of timelines and everything, um, I'm pretty fast uh, when I'm composing. And uh, also developers understand that a, an, an artist needs some time to develop something that will be mature and um, will be really finessed. So there are lots of things that actually were not changed throughout all this 21 years that I'm working in the industry, except of everything got deeper. Everything got more complicated. Everything got more exciting. And the opportunities today are just immense. And uh, yeah, no, as I told you before, it's a very exciting time for video game composer. What do you think is the future of interactive video game music or what would you like to see happen more in games in terms of the sort of technological implementation that you think would be fun and really cool to push the boundaries with that you'd like to have a go at that you you haven't already tried? Um, My thinking is this. Um, One of the challenges for uh, every game is to personalize the game to each player really adapt that the game will adapt itself to the style of the players that the game will understand the players the way the player need to understand the game we're talking a very very advanced uh, notion but still we believe that if we would be able to 
make every gamer feel that this game was created only for him or for her, that will make the experience of gaming really, really, really different and exciting. So usually uh, music is being planned to play inside the game the way it is for everybody. But what if instead of we will have music that is already programmed inside the game, we will have just a huge bank of music outside of the game. And we will have some kind of a machine that would be able to just pull a truck and put it and then gauge how the player is responding to this music. And then basically start to build a custom-made music for the player. Um, Also learn not only the player's taste, but also how he or she are playing. Are they adventurous? Are they aggressive? Are they very, very timid and like to really go slow? Um, (laughs) So basically this music could really... Okay, so if you're doing this, I'm going to plant this kind of music. So this is something that is far, far away from being done. But if you ask me what's the future, the future is machine learning. The future is that the experience will be basically mutual. A player that learns the game, but a game that learns the player as well. We're not there yet. We're not even close to there. But I believe that once we'd be able to achieve it, it's going to be as exciting as dangerous. So uh, that sounds such a good idea. It sounds like a game idea in its own right, you know, like a prototype idea to really mess with players on the one hand. Or or like you ask the gamer at the beginning, is like, do you like metal or do you like Brian Eno? And depending on their answer, it sort of guides the music down, down one path or the other. I don't believe that um, we're talking about such a, vast difference inside the music. I believe that game has to have a score that really identified with the game. Um, And it's a signature. I mean, Star Wars is Star Wars a lot because of William's score. We don't want to put different music on Star Wars because it belongs to the experience. However, what if we have a lot of variations in this style? What if we have a lot of different paced in styles. So this is what I'm really um, looking uh, and I think that if it could be achieved, that's going to be amazing. Not that, oh, if you like heavy metal, here is some heavy metal song for you. <laughs> no, this is de- definitely not what I mean because this could be done now. Every player could just turn up the music and just, you know, play Guns N' Roses. No problem, okay? <laughs> um, but this is, no, this is not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is doing all this machine learning without hampering and changing the actual style of the game. And this is the real challenge. Yeah, and potentially, presumably, not telling the player. No, no. The machine is going to do it on its own. The player will just feel that, wow, you know, I I really feel that this is special. I mean, I really feel that I feel connected. And... They will never know exactly what makes them feel connected to this, but we will know. (laughs) That sounds absolutely brilliant. Well, Enon, thank you uh, very, very much for your time. I really hope that the album does well and that uh, lots of people check it out. 
I hope you have a lovely day and whatever you're working on next goes really well too. Thank you so much, Thomas. Very good questions and I hope to uh, chat with you soon. So that was my interview with Enon Zur. Remember, please venture over to our forum at canaanrince.com forward slash forum or check us out on Twitter at canaanrince. Use the hashtag sound of play or check out the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash canaanrince where you can request your favourite tracks and we'll continue to include a section of those in the playlist for each regular Sound of Play podcast. Please subscribe to this Sound of Play podcast and leave us an iTunes review or rating. Listen to our other podcasts, Kane and Rinse, the main show on Mondays, Playwright on a Thursday where we uh, come up with new video game ideas and The Sausage Factory, which is a developer interview show. If you've enjoyed this show, please consider donating at least a dollar per month through our Patreon. That's at patreon.com forward slash Kane and Rinse. Thanks very much. 